So you go and you pray. Say, Lord, who do I invite? The worst they can say is no. That won't hurt you. Okay? All right. Let's stand together and we're going to get into tonight what husbands wish their wives knew about men. And, and, and I want to... Uh, I don't want to see bruised arms after this is over with tonight, you know, <clears throat> but we're going to look at what, what uh, husbands wish their wives knew about men. This is good stuff, and I, this is finishing out the Sex, Lies, and Consequences series, and uh, I really want to talk to you about the differences between men and women. So let's look at the verse here. I, you're going to, when we see this verse, read this verse, you're going to go, what in the world does that have to do with this topic? Well, I'm going to show you. The psalmist says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. Read the next three words with me. How many of you ladies have ever asked that? <laughs> what is man? <laughs> I did this whole verse just so I could quote you those three words. What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? Honestly, ladies, how many of you have ever looked up and said, Lord, what is a man? Come on, ladies, this is, this is honesty night. There we go. All right. Father, I pray that tonight you will minister to us, speak to us, and I pray that this will bring harmony and blessing to marriages and marriages to be. You will speak to us out of your inerrant, eternal word and set in our hearts the principles of life. In Jesus' name. Now, will you breathe a prayer and say, Lord, speak to me tonight. I receive your word. Amen. Now turn to your spouse and say, no elbows tonight, honey. All right. I, again, I did this series because there is such incredible confusion out there over gender. Incredible gender confusion. Uh, we're being told that, uh, you know, you may have been uh, born male anatomically but actually you're a you're a anatomical male in a female mind there is so much confusion about gender i personally believe and i'll probably get a lot of mail out of this and some calls from the radio show but i personally believe it's because of feminism feminism has had a lot to do with bringing incredible gender confusion and the militant homosexual movement and uh, i love everybody I love all people, but I don't love sin. And uh, so let's look tonight and let's get real clear on something. First of all, I'm very indebted to Pastor Mark Adams of Rockville, Maryland. You don't know him, but uh, uh, a lot of the excellent info I'm going to share with you tonight uh, I got from something I read of his. So Mark, thank you. Now we're talking about what husbands wish their wives would figure out. Now ladies, Let's be honest tonight. How many of you have ever wished your husbands would figure some things out about women? Okay, rest of you, I've prayed that lightning won't go through the ceiling and strike you where you sit. Now, you men, how many of you have ever said, I wish the woman in my life understood some things about men? Okay. Now, let me just begin then at first base. Can you say with me, men and women are different? 
Now, now we're being told that's not true today, but I'm going to tell you, anybody that says that is a fool. Men and women are wired different, hardwired different. And we're not just talking about physically, that's obvious. I'm talking about within. Men and women are wired differently. Some of the differences have nothing to do with gender. Others do. Now, these differences are complementary. They're supposed to be complementary, and they're God-given. God did this. God made man, and he made woman. He made Adam, he made Eve. He made them very different. They are intended, these differences, they're intended to bring balance, depth, harmony, and exhilaration. That's what they're intended to do. But guess what happened? We fell. Man is a fallen creature. And we've got to get back to that truth because you don't understand much of anything until you go back to what Genesis tells us about us. If you don't accept what Genesis tells us about us, you're going to remain dazed and confused. See, it helps me when my worldview includes this. Man is fallen. That's why you can have great leaders with incredible characteristics and great appeal and you can have people with great talent they can just wow you with their talent but when you get to know them you always find flaws weaknesses sometimes tragic flaws and weaknesses you know why because we're all fallen we're all flawed Humpty Dumpty that fell off the wall is all of us and you gotta bring that into your worldview we all fell we fell with Adam. Not only was sin imputed to us, but we all sinned. Anybody in here ever lied? Anybody in here ever lusted? Anybody in here ever stolen? Anybody in here ever cussed? Taking God's name in vain? We've all broken the commandments. You know why? Because we're all broken. Now, that means that what God created became skewed and confused. So what he intended with these differences, it was supposed to bring harmony, joy, exhilaration, happiness. A lot of the time now it brings confusion because we don't understand each other. We don't understand each other. I don't know why you do what you do, men say about women. The women say, I don't know why you do what you do. You're driving me crazy. And trying to understand each other can be very frustrating. If that weren't true, there would not be one out of two marriages in divorce court. Now, I think many women are frequently asked the question found in verse 4 of our text. I already brought it to you. What is man? What is man? What is? You wake up after the honeymoon's over and, you, and, and a couple of years go by and you wake up and you say, what have I done? Who is this? What is man? And you men, you've said, what did I do? What is woman? As we said last time, it is important for husbands and wives to commit to understand their differences because we're commanded to do so in God's Word. Did you know that? Did you know that 1 Corinthians 7 verse 3 and just talking about sex? Let's look at what it says. A man should fulfill his duty as a husband and a woman should fulfill her duty as a wife and each should satisfy the other's needs. Now, if you've been married longer than a month, you know that sex isn't the only need. There's emotional needs, there's spiritual needs. And the Bible says we're supposed to understand each other so we can meet each other's needs in marriage. 
Okay? And what did Peter say? This one's scary. You husbands, likewise, live with your wives in an understanding way, lest your prayers be stopped. That ought to scare the bejeebies out of you. If you don't treat your wife with understanding, it can hinder your prayer life. Now, this is also important because the secret of intimacy in marriage is in understanding each other's unique needs and committing to meet them. If you don't enter marriage with that motive, you're in trouble. You're going to be in trouble. It won't be long before arguing is dominating the house or isolation. Marriage is not for you to enter into a covenant with somebody to get your needs met. Marriage is for you to enter into so that you can meet their needs. You want to bless this person. You want to minister to this person. You can't have a solely selfish motive and expect that marriage to work. It won't. It'll be nothing but fireworks in that house if that's your motive. If you want to get delivered of selfishness, get married. Because you can't stay married and be selfish. Oh, you can, but it won't be happy. It will not be a joy. When we selfishly ignore each other's needs, marriage is a painful thing instead of the blessing God intended. Now let's begin by covering some of the general differences between men and women. I'm just going to show you some things that, uh, uh, man, these are just stark differences. All right, first of all, men tend to be more visually oriented than women, who tend to be more auditory. Men are sight-driven. Women are ear-driven. I've seen, I'm just going to shoot straight tonight. I, you know, I, I've seen times when I see this really old, homely dude walk into a place with this really beautiful woman. And I go, he must have money. And then I find out he doesn't have money. I say, what's his secret? He's talking right. (laughs) Men are wooed by sight. Men are wooed by sight. Women are wooed by words. Now, that is not to say, and I want to I preface that statement with this. That doesn't mean, ladies, that because men are sight-driven, you ought to put all your attention on how you look. Because Peter says in 1 Peter 3 that the most attractive thing about a woman is within her. It is the character within her. Peter does not tell women, you can't wear jewelry, you can't wear your hair done up, you can't wear nice clothes. That is a terrible and tragic misinterpretation of that verse. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, it's okay to do that, but don't let that be the only thing. Because what sustains a relationship is not how somebody looks. It is character. Character. You can have a lot of handsome men, beautiful women, who have nothing behind their eyes. And so... Just wanted to say that so that you won't misinterpret me saying, well, you need to go out and put all your attention into the way that you look. I think that matters, but it's not the only thing that matters. Now, second, men are usually focused on one thing at a time, while women can be multifocused. I used to marvel at Kathy. When I first started dating Kathy, uh, we would go on uh, trips with with the youth in, in, in a bus, like to Leavenworth Prison. And you know, Kathy, there was a guy here tonight 
who was on one of those trips with us to Leavenworth Prison. You're going to meet him after the service. Anyway, real blast from the past. But I used to marvel at how she could carry on five conversations at the same time. She'd turn here, talk. She'd turn here, talk. She'd turn here and talk. And then she'd turn around here and talk. And then she'd turn to me and talk. I used to say, would you pay attention to me? She says, I am. And I said, but I can't do what you're doing. How do you do that? Because men focus on one thing. We got like a laser beam focus. Like a 22 shoots straight and narrow. Women, shotgun. I can talk to 20 people and type at the same time and watch a TV show while I'm at it. And cook dinner too. Isn't it true? And I, I can't do that. But that's, that's, that's one of the differences between men and, and women. Which is why our wives expect us to be able to watch TV and engage in conversation at the same time. And I can't do it. I have learned the key of watching the football game. And when she says something, automatically, robotically saying, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, if she ever decided to bust me and say, what did I just say? i say... You know, hey. But I've learned how, and I've caught myself doing it very expertly sometimes. I mean, I've amazed myself. I just said, uh-huh, yeah, gotcha, heard you, and I don't know what she said. Now, third, men seem to care less about relationships than women. They seem to. They seem to. This showed up in a couple of responses to a survey. When asked, what do you wish your wives knew about you? One husband said less. <laughs> I like that. And another wrote, uh, she already knows too much. All right. It's not turning, guys. There we go. I went too far. Okay. Now, what were these men saying when they said less or she already knows too much? relationships are hard for us to deal with they are and i'm going to tell you the truth tonight ladies they are let's just leave things be that's what those men are saying i want her to know less she already knows too much and speaking as a man i'm going to tell you it's harder for men to be transparent than it is women i know this is true because have you ever noticed when you're out with a, a few couples the women immediately start bonding. They immediately start talking. What gets me? They start talking. They start getting. They start trading stories. The men are just sitting there sipping their coffee or eating, being real quiet. And the women are carrying on. And then right halfway through, you want to go to the bathroom? Yeah, let's go to the bathroom. They all get up and they go to the bathroom together. Now, if I said to Tony and Frank, hey, Frank, Tony, you want to go to the bathroom? I'd get some looks now, wouldn't I? But women, they go off together, they talk, they chatter, they get to know each other. Because women are naturally wired to be more relational. And I'll tell you why, because they're more emotional. And that's the way they're hardwired. That's not a criticism, it's a fact. Now here are some other unique characteristics of men. According to a recent article in Men's Health magazine, <laughs> you're going to like this one, the typical man will produce about 25 feet of hair in his lifetime, but one in five will go bald in their 20s. So they better get that 25 feet out quick. <laughs> All right. 
The typical man retains about 60% of his body weight in water and will produce up to a half gallon of sweat daily. When I read that, it grossed me out, but it's true. Half gallon of sweat daily. Everybody say, ooh. Even though man is not faster than any animal on earth, the fastest animal is probably the cheetah, and they'll hit 80 miles an hour in a burst of speed. But a man can outrun any other species for long distances. He can outrun any other species. He consumes about 2,400 calories a day, and his body is so different that if he ran on, or so efficient, that if he ran on gasoline, he would get 900 miles per gallon. All you men need to say, oh, that's pretty good. Now, the typical male is married and would marry his spouse again. That's what the survey said. He cries about once a month, approximately one-fourth as often as a woman, and he usually tries to hide it when he cries. He, now, this was just next time you play Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> he eats his corn on the cob in circles rather than straight across. Check that out next time. And I thought about that. I don't do that. You do. So, so much for the survey, but that's what it said. Now, in his book, Understanding the Man in Your Life, author H. Norman Wright adds these words. Men snore more, they fight more, they change their minds more often than women do. Their blood is redder, their daylight vision is superior, they have thicker skins and longer vocal cords. Their metabolic rate is higher, more of them are left-handed than are left-handed women. They feel pain less than women. And I wouldn't have thought that, because I think if men had to have babies, they'd all die. I really do. But that's what it said. They age earlier, but they wrinkle later. Their immunity against disease is weaker. They talk about themselves less, but they worry about themselves more. They're just not going to tell you they're worried about themselves. Dr. James Dobson says there is strong evidence indicating that even the seat of emotions in a man's brain is wired differently than in a woman's. And I think that's absolutely true. No question about it. So say with me, men are different than women. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. He did that. <laughs> and men want their wives to, be at, le to at least realize this difference. You've got to realize it. Now, if you know that it's, if you know that it's something built within, that, that a man is wired a certain way and a woman is wired a certain way, that ought to help you so to, to realize that he's not being ornery, she's not being ornery, they're not trying to pick a fight, they're just different sometimes because that's the way they're wired. Now, one survey revealed that men wish their wives knew how and why they are wired differently. Now, another husband said in a survey that he wished his wife would not just know me but better understand me. That's what I wish. That's what I wish. And one great misconception about men is they're shallow and only concerned with the physical. The phrase that says the way to a man's heart is through his stomach, I'm going to tell you, is just stupid. It's a myth. It's not true. Have you ever met, ladies ever fed a man, he walked out. 
That dog didn't hunt. Now, what I want you to realize tonight is that men have similar needs to women, only in a male kind of way. This is very true. First, we have emotional needs. Now, I want you to realize something, ladies, about men tonight and our friends listening by radio. Listen, real men, real men do have real emotional needs. Fact. The difference is that women are more open with theirs. That's the only difference. A woman's behavior is usually an open window to her emotions. Her emotions are right there, but a man suppresses his emotions a lot because he thinks that to show emotion, our culture, the John Wayne culture, the Clint Eastwood culture, the Dirty Harry culture has taught us that real men don't cry, real men don't feel, real men don't hurt, but they do. That's just a myth. The problem is this. Men have been raised on myths like real men don't cry. Or how about this joke? How many real men does it take to change a light bulb? Zero, because real men aren't afraid of the dark. In the comic strip series, For Better or Worse, which we love, a teenage boy and his date were featured. They were walking along the beach, looking at a beautiful sunset, The comic strip shows the boy uh, thinking things like this. He's looking at the surroundings. He's got the the girl of his dream on his arms. And he's thinking, what an extraordinary evening. The sunset is brilliant. And I'm walking with the most beautiful girl in the world. It's as if this night was made for us. I'll never forget it as long as I live. He's feeling all these things. That's what he thought. But in the comic, he turned to her and said, I'm hungry. Want to go grab a burger? (laughs) And in great feminine frustration, the comic closed this way. The girl says, oh, Michael, you are so unromantic. He wasn't unromantic. He was feeling all the right things. The sunset caused a great emotional romantic response in the young man, but he just didn't know how to say it. He's not, we're not, Shakespeare The truth is that men are very emotional. I want you to know men are very emotional, ladies. We're deeply moved by music, beauty, nature, stories about human dilemmas. Uh, Wives like you, we also have a deep need both to love and to feel loved. I guarantee you. Men are not just hunks of flesh standing there looking stupid. Come on, everybody. Just because I'm going to wade through this tonight. We're going to get this done. In a recent issue of Home Life magazine, there's a story about Dr. Scott Beck. If you remember, he's a survivor of an ill-fated Mount Everest ascent. He was on all the news stories. As a result of his ordeal on climbing Mount Everest, uh, on the world's tallest mountain, Beck's nose had to be reconstructed, and a metal prosthesis took the place of one of his hands. His other hand is web-like, the lasting results of terrible frostbite that almost completely took his life. And several of Beck's friends died on that mountain. But he wrote later about what kept him alive. He says the thing that kept him going, the thing that made him get up when everyone else had pronounced him dead, 
was the clear and sweet memory of his wife. It's a man. He desperately wanted to hold her and his children in his arms again. That's a man. Emotions. That emotional need and the hope of its fulfillment is literally all that kept him going. And he made it. Now I want you to say the next three words with me. Men are and the only emotion they have is not anger. That's not all. They, we feel compassion. We feel love. We feel mercy. We feel warmth. We feel moved by things that move you. Just a lot of times we don't know how to say it. You know, the strong, silent type. An old poem sums this up well I like this this really touched me although I conquer all the earth yet for me there is only one city in that city there's only one house and in that house one room only and in that room a bed and one woman sleeps there the shining joy and jewel of all my kingdom now you might not think men think that way but they do So if your man seems unemotional, trust me, he's not. Sometimes, listen, it takes a wise woman to make him feel safe to say what he's feeling because he doesn't want to be cut off. Now I'm going to get into that. Second thing a man has, not just emotional needs, he has relational needs. Every man in here say amen. Relationship needs. Now, it is true that women tend to be better at relationships than men. men. That's a fact. I've seen it over and over in life. It's true. Somebody once said, women enjoy relationships while men enjoy results. If you don't get that, go home and pray about it. Get the CD, and God will reveal it to you. We have relational needs. It's just that relationships are harder for us to deal with, And, and that's a fact. They are. It's like a conversation Tim Allen once had with his TV wife. How many of you liked home improvement? Let me see. All right. He, he had a, relation, a conversation with his TV wife, Jill, on ABC's Home Improvement. Tim said, men have an extra Y chromosome. So, Jill replied, so, says Tim, men are always asking, why do we always have to talk about relationships? Have you ever noticed that? Ladies always want to talk about them. The men never want to talk about them. I think most men are like Tim. We've got an extra Y chromosome. Why do we always have to talk about relationships? Okay? And uh, talking about them is difficult for the guy. It's uncomfortable. Now, part of this relational discomfort stems from the fact that men aren't as vocally gifted as women. Did you know that men use about 5,000 words a day and women use 20,000? You know, they talk about the windmill being able to provide electric power. If we could harness women's conversation, we could do away with (laughs) Okay, let me look out for the tomatoes. Here they come. No, it's a good, because you relate more than we do. For every, let me see if I can get out of this. For every 20 words you speak, we speak five. That makes you look smarter. When a man reaches his word limit, you know what he does? He stops and he stares. 
<laughs> That's what he does. How many of you ladies have, get to stop and stare all the time? Stop and stare. When we run out, we run out. We just stop and stare. Wives, <laughs> wives tend to think this way. Here's the way wives think. The marriage is working as long as we can talk about relationship. But husbands think the relationship is not working if we have to keep talking about it. Have <laughs> you ever noticed that? The woman thinks, hey, we're, we're together. It's working out. If we can always talk about it and make sure everything's okay. But the guy's thinking, man, if we've got to keep talking about this, something's wrong. Husbands and wives are, are different in this way. One doesn't talk about feelings much, and the other shares them easily and freely. That's just the way that it is. Again, H. Norman Wright offers a solution to this dilemma. He says, quote, A woman does not have to resign herself to living with an unexpressive male. Men can change, but challenges or reproaches don't work. You start talking or I'm out of this. Well, he's not going to talk now. Carefully worded invitations work. You live with each other according to understanding. You married a unique person. Listen, if God made every snowflake totally different, every snowflake, snowflake that is here and gone, he made every one of them different, then you are different. You are not. You're, you're all male. The men in here, you're all males, but you're all uniquely different. You're uniquely you. God made you you. The woman has got to learn you. You've got to learn her. You've got to learn the nuances, the differences in the personality and work with it. And I can tell you that men hear the way something is said to them, hear the way something is said to them, far more than what is actually said. telling you they hear tone and inflection and attitude and mood more than the words so if you want the man to begin talking and communicating then you've got to make the man feel safe in doing it now if what is said to the man sounds berating judgmental nagging or angry you never talk you don't have a sensitive bone in your body you're just, a, you're just a shallow jerk. He doesn't hear the words spoken. He hears the way they're spoken. He says, you know what? I'm out of this. Now, he can still be home and be gone. A, 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 a man can be gone, a woman can be gone, and their body's still under the roof. You can check out without fully leaving. You can be withdrawn into your spirit. And cut your spirit off from that spouse. And I read once that there's nothing more damaging, more devastating to a spouse than when you decide to cut your spirit off from them. And you do it via communication or the lack thereof. You cut your spirit off from them. So you're living under the same roof, but you're strangers in a strange land. There's no communication, no affection, no exchange. You might as well be uh, 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 boarders renting the same place. And that's not the will of God. It's not the will of God. God didn't wire you for that. 
Now, here's another communication fact. Men respond to questions which elicit factual responses. Men are fact people. It's easier for a man to tell his wife what he, do, what he does at work than how he feels about it. Well, how do you feel about your job, honey? Well, I don't know how I feel about it. Here's what I do. You know, I've noticed when I'm talking to my kids, and I'm trying to get myself away from this, but when I see Julia, for instance, I'll say, I don't know what to say, so I how's your car? She'll go, oh, you know, it's fine. Tires okay? I'll go out there and look at the tires. And what I'm trying to do is I'm dealing with facts, with guy stuff, to try to talk to her because sometimes I don't know what to say to her. I mean, I've walked around that car so many times with Julia standing there. How's the car doing? Julia, you're not keeping this thing as clean as you promised me you would. And I talk about facts. Guys have to learn to go beyond that, but that's the way that we're wired. Starting with the facts, ladies, is the introduction to the feelings. But the guys have got to start with the facts. And the girls are opposite. I'm going to start with the feelings and end up with the facts. Now, here's a word of caution. A man may finally open up to a woman only to find that what he reveals is shared with others. Ridiculed, rejected, laughed at. If this happens, the door may shut for good. I'm telling you, it may shut for good. It may take you a long time to get that door open again. If he opens up to you and tells you sensitive stuff, private stuff, emotional stuff, and you go out with the girls the next Friday night and you tell them what he said, and it gets back. Huge mistake. We've got to be adults and reach a place where our brethren can tell us some things that are never going to go beyond us. And if they can do it, our spouse can tell us things never going to go beyond us. Place of safety. Now remember, safety, acceptance, and support are essential if a man is going to let down the bridge of his castle and share his feelings. You're going to have to earn that trust. Wives should also know that men develop relationships in a different way than women. Women tend to make friends based on shared feelings with another person, whereas men do so on the basis of shared activities. A man's best buddy isn't the one that shares the deepest stuff with him. It's the one who can golf with him, fish with him, hunt with him, have a hobby in common. They're friends because they enjoy doing the same things together. That's guys. So wives, if it seems like your relationship with your husband is a little rocky, try making an extra effort to do things to be with your husband. Learn to play golf. Learn to fish. Learn to play chess. Find something you and your husband can do together. And I'm telling you, amazingly, it'll do a lot to bond you. Just don't buy the myth that says men don't have relational needs. They do. Now, men need relationships. We're designed to be incomplete without and remember in Genesis, God said it's not good for a man to be alone. Ecclesiastes says two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. He's alone. Men need the affirmation and encouragement that relationships provide. They really do. We are designed to require a helpmate. Someone in life to believe in us, 
to encourage us. One husband expressed this need when he wrote, I wish my wife knew how important her affirmation is to me. You know, on a Sunday I can leave here, I can have 50 people at the door say, boy, I really like that message. But if Kathy on the way home says, eh, it wasn't one of your best, I'm done for the day. Because she has 20 times more power than anyone else. I care more about what she thinks than I do 20 other people. So she knows this. So even when it wasn't so good, she'll say, you know, that was, that, it was all right. Uh, you know, it was good. She never says to me, you know, Jeff, that was awful, really bad. Because she knows Wednesday I'm still in bed. <laughs> Not really. Not that bad. But ladies, you would be amazed how important your affirmation is to your man. Ephesians says, let the wife see she respects and reverences her husband, that she notices him, regards him, honors him, prefers him, and esteems him, and that she defers to him, praises him, loves and admires him exceedingly. Wives, husbands need you to be their cheerleader. They're one-woman fan club. They need a relationship with you in which they feel your confidence and trust. You're powerful with that man. You have no idea how powerful. Finally, man has spiritual needs. Can you let me do one more? Man has spiritual needs. He has emotional needs, relational needs, and spiritual. Both women and men have an inborn need to know God personally. The Bible says that God has placed in the heart of every person eternity. All right? And we are not just physical beings. We are mind and we are spirit. So not only do we have physical needs, we have spiritual needs as well. It is part of who and what we are. Now, men, listen carefully to me, because I'm going to talk right to you man to man tonight. The problem in America with husbands and with men is in the attempt to provide for our families. We often get so busy in our careers that we forget this truth, the truth that we have spiritual needs and if that spiritual life is not taken care of we go haywire we get in trouble men tend to fall into the trap of drawing their identity from what they do you know you ask any guy what do you do he'll immediately tell you who he is professionally i do it i'm the worst at it i'm a fireman i'm a doctor i'm an accountant i'm a software engineer you know i'm a carpenter dentist plumber pastor this is what I do. And we gain our identity from what we do. You know what? Women don't do that. But men do. We are what we do in America. That's why when they lose their money, they jump out of windows. The problem with this is we are much more, guys, than what we do. We are more than what we do. Norman Wright says again, who am I, who am I, is the wrong question. The right question is, where am I in relation to God himself? Where am I in relation to God? The first thing a man asks, you get around men that have just been saved, first thing they ask is, what can I start doing for God? This is the wrong question. It's not doing things for God, it's simply being with God. It says that Jesus called the disciples to be with him first, then he sent them out. 
you got to be with before you can go do. And I want to add that you find out who you are when you spend time with the one who made you who you are. That's how you find out who you are. Somebody this week said to me, I am really wanting to know who I am. They said that word, that phrase to me, I want to know who I am. And I said to them, you'll know who you are when you spend time with the one who made you who you are. That's how you find out who you are. Men need to learn, as DC Talk used to sing, it's not who you are, it's who you know. This satisfies the real needs in our lives. So we men need to learn to turn from living for self or living for a job to living for and with God. We should heed the words of Paul in Galatians 2.20 who said, I myself no longer live, but Christ lives in me, so I live my life in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, being career-oriented and the earthly success that often comes from this lifestyle choice can make a man think he does not need God. You know what Ted Turner said? He said, I don't need anyone to die for me. Oh, Ted. You're going to eat those words someday, friend. And none of your money is going to be with you. Men who fall into this trap, I don't need anybody, I don't need God, I got me, should heed the warning given by the prophet Jeremiah who said, Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. Woe to you, Jesus said in Matthew, Woe to you men who think you have all the answers. I think we're finding out in America, we don't hardly have any answers. We need God. Let's stand up together, can we? Did you know that with men, the suicide rate for men is two and a half times more than women? And did you know that the incidence of stress-related diseases such as high blood pressure, stroke, and heart disease is two to four times higher for men than women? I wonder if that has anything to do with being so self-sufficient you lock yourself off from God. I'm going to just go to the end here and we're going to close. How many of you were blessed tonight? Oh, i got to finish with this story. This is a great story. Everybody, this is good. A great violinist once visited Houston and to hold a concert. The newspapers used most of their available space to describe his original and extremely valuable Stradivarius violin. And it won't, there it goes. On the morning of the concert, the papers actually carried a picture of the great instrument that he would use, the Stradivarius. That night, the hall filled with people and the violinist played extremely well. As he finished, applause thundered from every part of the concert hall. After it subsided, he carefully laid down his bow and carried a chair out to center stage. Then raising the violin over his head with both hands, he smashed it across the back of the chair. It splintered into a thousand pieces. The audience gasped and sat stunned. Then... Coming back to the microphone, he said, I read in this morning's paper how great my violin was. So I walked down the street, found a pawn shop, bought a cheap one for $10.
I put new strings on it, and that's the violin I played this evening. I wanted to demonstrate for you that it isn't my violin that counts most, it's the hands that hold it. Now I want you to catch that, men. Successfully living as a Christian male depends less on the instrument, your body, and more on the one who holds us. Jesus can play you like a beautiful Stradivarius violin. And so tonight, thank God, men have emotional needs, relational needs, and spiritual needs. So let's pray together. Father, we just thank you for your word tonight, and we pray that you will bless it. Thank you for the differences in men and women. Thank you that if we learn them, we can learn to get along. And I thank you for your word going out to every man in here. Can you lift your hands, sir, and just say, Lord, help me to give my life to you so you can play me like he played that violin. And ladies, pray this prayer. Say, Lord, help me to understand my man and the way you've made him, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Anything you want to say, Kathy? All right.